Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Malt House Games Podcast. We talk about beer, we talk about board games, we talk about cats, and we talk about other things. I am Haley Twyman Breck. I am the host of the Malt House Games Podcast, and with me today is my lovely husband and purple player and Johnny Bravo hair having husband by the name. <laughs> by- <laughs> By the name of Delton. I, I don't have Johnny Bravo hair unless I go to sleep with it wet. <laughs> oh, and he's been going to sleep with it wet lately. <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous. It's fantastic, though. He even has the glasses that match. My hair is really long right now, and I need a haircut. And you've been wearing a lot of black V-necks lately. That's because that's 90% of what I wear. Exactly. I left two of my good shirts in the hotel room from BGG and Alan has them holding on to them for me. Because you wear like four shirts. Three of them are black (laughs) and somehow three more of them are wrestling. Okay, I have a lot of wrestling shirts, but I've got two blue V-necks, a gray V-neck, a dark blue that we call the space V-neck, and I have two black V-necks. Yeah, but which ones do you actually wear? The blue, the space, and the gray more than Mm. the black. You don't pay attention to my Mm. life. My fashion, you don't notice. Mine's all about subtleties, and obviously you're not getting those subtleties of color. Not whenever you're like gesturing around your nipple like you are. Well, you know, sometimes when the mood (laughs) is right. (laughs) It's like trying to show me his shirt, like gesture to it, but it just looks like he's rubbing his nipple and making direct eye contact with his whole palm. Uh, Welcome to the Mod House Games (laughs) podcast, everyone. My name is Delton, as Haley said, and that is Haley, as I just also said. Hi. Yeah. Sometimes Jesus takes the wheel, sometimes Haley does. It's a surprise. This is... <laughs> oh, it's off, off to a great start. This is episode 33. It will be coming out in February. First episode of February, I guess. Of to the, that, of home the two. I don't know if the second one will still be in February or if it's in the beginning of March. Let's uh, do math. Okay, it'll come out on the 24th. This one will come out on the 10th, next one on the 24th. Yeah, I don't know when this stuff works. We're not waiting until the night before this time. It's the night before the night before. Woo! Because we're bad people. That's what it comes down to. Not necessarily. (laughs) Not necessarily, just busy. we got stuff to do. But yes, Malthouse Games Podcast. Board games. Haley covered this all. Beats. Battlestar Galactica. (laughs) There's Beats. Battlestar Galactica. This is the worst introduction and they're going to hate us now. Sorry. So thanks for listening to the Malt House Games podcast. <laughs> We're going to close this down. Before <laughs> it gets any worse. We've discovered that we are old people now. And by old people, I don't mean <laughs> 45, 50. I mean we're 90 to 100, maybe 110. Because Haley's pants don't reach the floor. They don't even reach my ankles. It's not because she pulled them up, though, which confuses me. <laughs> Uh, we got angry that the recycling truck was one day behind this week due to ice. That was entertaining <laughs> to be mad about. Delton is starting to pass gas at comedically perfect times. <laughs> pass what? At pass gas. You said gas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, listen, listen, no, listen. No, listen. no. <laughs> I have a very active digestive system, and that's my answer. Well, it's like we're doing the DDP yoga because they're trying to get buff and muscular at the same time, not because we want to be pro wrestlers. And Delton will do his bent-legged bar back, and all of a sudden this... Cat lift! Cat arch! 
Broken table, nothing there because Delton doesn't fart during that one. That's <laughs> because that's a really hard move and I have to concentrate. <laughs> so that means you are being intentional in no, your toots. No. It's like Delton's calling card. Where's Delton? Follow the scent. I feel like it's a very possibly stereotypically male thing to fart a lot. And I fulfill that stereotype to a T. But here's the thing. It's not like he can't hold it. Because you know what? The first three months of our relationship, he didn't fart once. It makes my tummy hurt. <laughs> well, if you can hold it, it for three months, you could hold it for 20 minutes while I'm not sitting <laughs> behind you doing yoga. Why are we using potty humor in the episode? What is going on? We're not. We're talking about being old men, which you are. Kids were out of school the other day. Made us irritated. They run around the neighborhood and they stay in the streets and they leave their bicycles in the middle of the road. And they text and bike. They ain't even our kids and they're still irritating. Yeah, texting and biking. Like, it's an epidemic. Stop. Gen Z Neils. What? Gen Z. Are they Gen Z? Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know how that works. I do a training on it. True. Also, the older Delton gets, (laughs) the worse he is at communicating things. What are you talking about? So... Right before this podcast. I listen. When? Always. So right before that. So it's not just your listening. It's your ability to communicate. You get a one-track mind, and then you just assume that everyone else is thinking what you're going to think. <laughs> it's like you have yet to develop theory of mind, which is something you ha- should have developed by the time you reach 60 months. I don't know what that is, so hopefully. Five years. How many months am I now? I don't know. What's 12 times 27? A lot, because you're old. <laughs> anyway, right before this podcast, Delton is like jacking with the microphone and he says, I'm going to stop talking now. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that means it's my turn to talk. So I start to talk. And the microphone in my ear is like up to 97. And so my own voice ta- telling Delton, yeah, I get to talk now. It's really me screaming in my own ear. Yeah, I get to talk now. So but like eight times louder than that because Delton's already yelled at me once for talking too loud in the <laughs> microphone. So I was trying to show her that if I turn the micro the headphones up that we're wearing, if I turn the headphones up, it introduces like a hiss just through the process of going through. Not only is it coming out of the mixing board with the volume controller and stuff, but then it goes into a preamp or like a headphone amp, and then that boosts the levels separately. So it makes the headphones hiss, and I was making sure it was that and not the microphones. And so I said, I'm not going to talk, and I turned it up. I just didn't tell her not to talk. Well, here's the thing. He didn't explain any of that. <laughs> we're just, like, talking about what we're going to say on the podcast, and he says, I'm not going to talk for a minute. And I'm like, okay, it's my turn to talk. <laughs> <laughs> because you take turns in conversation. I don't think that's how conversations work. <laughs> not in my experience, at least. They've always been tell. one-sided. I can tell. All right. Give me a beer. Let's get on (laughs) to the first beer of this episode. So the first beer today, we went and bought some new beers, new ones to try that we haven't had before. And I wanted to make it a point to try to focus even harder on having local beers from Oklahoma because we have an amazing beer scene here. I know I've mentioned this several times, but instead of bringing on something from Dogfish Head or, you know, Stone or some of these big breweries that anybody can access... I really like focusing on these local beers that are now becoming accessible to others outside of Oklahoma, but they do a very good job and we enjoy them. And it's also good to support your local businesses because like, if it wasn't for good craft breweries, we would only be drinking Bud Light. That's essentially what this message is. So I like to support those. So we went and got some new stuff that we have not had. 
What do we have first, my Delton? The first beer is from Anthem, which I've talked about multiple times as my favorite of the local companies here. This is their Pappy Burleson Wheat. It is a bourbon barrel-aged wheat wine ale. So already there's a mouthful of things. It is 10% alcohol by volume, uh, 35 IBUs, so it's going to be a very sweet beer. For the text descriptor on the can, it says, Randy Pappy Burleson, lover of craft beer and good music, and supporter of Anthem when it was still just an idea. This support has led to many conversations about creativity in beer, and one of those conversations led to this beautiful creation. A wheat wine ale aged in bourbon barrels that's as big and bold as the man for which it is named. So let's raise a glass to say cheers to you, Pappy Burleson. You're one awesome dude. I don't know who Pappy Burleson is. I think he's a musician because there is a guitar on the front. Or somebody's grandpa. Someone's Pappy. Well, anybody named Pappy has to be a grandpa. You can't be Pappy until you're a grandpa, can you? Scientifically speaking, no. All right, it did not foam, which is really good. Because you're not on the rug. I am not over the rug. Thank goodness. Okay, so smell it first. It's got a deep smell. It smells like cinnamon raisin bread. (laughs) The minute you say something like that, that's what I smell now. And you always ruin it. Stop it. (laughs) Now you know how I passed wine tasting. I know, but still, stop it. Don't, don't, don't say a thing about taste <laughs> that isn't a beer flavor in a good way. Like, don't be like, mm, it tastes of English biscuits with some grape jam. It tastes like those playground rocks that you got a mouthful of <laughs> whenever you fell off the monkey bars. It tastes like when they took those rocks out and they replaced it with shredded rubber tires. Then they took those back out and replaced it again with rocks. It's those new rocks. The new rocks. The new rocks. Not the ones that have been there since 79. No. <laughs> Oh, man. It tastes like the raisin bread. It does not taste like raisin bread. It tastes like raisin bread. I'm serious. (laughs) I think there is like that cinnamony. I don't taste the raisin. but That's the sweet. It's the raisin. Well, you have to think it was in bourbon barrels. And bourbon barrels, usually, they char the inside. So it's got a little bit of that like smokiness of that charred wood, I feel like, which to us is coming across. Yeah is coming across as a cinnamon kind of taste when it's really just toasted wood. No toast is in toasted cinnamon raisin bread. <laughs> the Malthouse Games is losing its co-host. She's been fired as of this moment for her bad attitude about cinnamon toast beer. I'm starting my own podcast with Blackjack and Psychology. Okay, I think everyone's heard enough of our life story and your sass. What is wrong with us And my today? old manness. <laughs> Let's get on to the game. Oh, here's the door. It's straight ahead. It's it's a game. So before we mention this game, this beer's really sweet to me. And there's no hop. There's like no hops in this at all that you can tell. And obviously there's hops. It's beer. But you can't taste them. It's super sweet. And uh, I don't know why. Haley says it's based on my dental record. <laughs> which if you saw my... Uh, post on twitter we had a decently poor dental record and i gotta get a bunch of cavities filled so me i haven't been to the dentist in four years and apparently that was a very big disservice to myself you want to talk about it nope we're gonna leave it at that no one needs to know how many cavities just that there are some and it's a oh she said it there's a lot leave me alone 14 the game of this episode (laughs) is now boarding from fowers games We played this with Brian, and it looks like he put the box lid on backwards, so dang it, Brian. 
Brian also put the rule book at the bottom underneath all the components. So now I have to empty the box to get to the rule book to do the credits. <sighs> I think he had a feeling that you were going to be using this game on this episode. And so he did it on purpose. So now boarding was designed by Tim Fowers of Fowers Games, illustrated by Ryan Goldsberry, and the logo, which I think is fantastic because you can see the airplane in it. See it? Yeah. Super cool. Uh, is by Andrew Colin Beck. Now boarding is a real-time, for the most part, a real-time game where players are playing different airplane companies trying to fly people across the country. Basically what happens is cards are revealed, which are people showing up to airports. Then you can kind of discuss your plan of action. And then with a 15 or 30 second timer, depending on how difficult you want it or how many players you have, you will flip the timer and go. Everyone will make however many moves their plane can move, pick up however many customers their seats can hold and their plan, and then you fly your plane and try to drop them off. In essence, that's the entirety of the game. You're going to be picking someone up at LAX, you're going to try to drop them off at Seattle, or you're going to pick someone up in Dallas, and you're going to drop them off over in Atlanta. Everyone you drop off gives you money. You use that money to upgrade the speed of your plane and the seat capacity of your plane, or being able to fly on other people's routes, other companies' routes. You are working together to survive and get everyone to their destination with as few upset flyers as possible. And that's essentially how the game works. So it's a very simple game, but it's really fun because it's kind of stressful, which is something we think is fun about those live, uh, live time games or real-time games. And this one's really neat because you get a break to discuss everything with everyone get a plan set, and then you have a timer to execute it. And I think that's a really fun method of going about it. And the graphic design includes a lot of the characters from Burgle Bros, like the Danny Trejo characters flying a plane and a few others that you recognize from that. But it has the neat Pan Am 1960s when flying was actually fun and comfortable and you could smoke in a plane vibe going on. I don't think that means fun and comfortable. I think that means secondhand smoke and, you know, bad seats. I don't know, man. The seats probably pretty fly. It depends on how small, when your plane's really small, probably, it's like a one-person plane. <laughs> <laughs> like yours was the entire time. It's like, this is really small, but it's really fast, me. Yeah, I was really bad at this game. Uh, it's a really cool game. It's really simple to identify what needs done. You know, I'm going to pick this person up from Miami. I'm going to drop them off at Atlanta. When I'm at Atlanta, I'm going to pick up LAX and Denver. I'm going to drop the Denver person off at Dallas to pick up another LAX person, then finish my trip to LAX and drop off those two people. Everybody that you drop off at the city that they're trying to get to, you get money to upgrade your plane. That's the part I had the hardest time with because I wasn't making a lot of final drops, which means I didn't have a lot of money, which means I couldn't upgrade my plane a lot. So when I did finally upgrade, it was so late in the game that yes, it still helped and was necessary, but I felt way behind. But luckily, being that it is a cooperative game, it was still a lot of fun even getting to that point. It was really fun and really anxiety provoking. Because you only, I mean, you have space between the rounds to kind of make your game plan, communicate with the other players. But once it is time to actually start the round, you have 15 seconds. That's it. Yeah, with the three-player game, it was 15 seconds. That's a lot of hands going across the board. And you are just trying to count out your spots, make, put your little person in the right space, make sure you're not going over on your moves. And also not trying to knock Delton's hand out of the way because it kind of just goes right in the middle of the board. And you're like, damn it, Delton. I have... Decently large hands. Now boarding's been super fun. It's a really simple game to understand. It's really fun. We did not play with any of the like expansion 
style things or the different variants like the VIP passengers or being able to hand money off to each other. So we didn't do that kind of stuff. However, it's a really neat game. Like it's honestly, it's really simple. What we've explained is essentially the game and that's it. Uh, it's a Fowers game. I have not been disappointed by one yet. I mean, paperback's awesome. Hardback's awesome. Burgle Bros is awesome. And now boarding's been really good. It's also really fun with Brian. I would like to play it again because we've only played it with Brian the one time. So we do have a limited exposure to it. However, it was a really good time and we had a lot of fun. And it's just kind of neat because it's one of those things where anytime we're talking about playing these games, coming up with stories always comes up, especially with like Burgle Bros, these characters. But at one point we were kind of laughing because one plane had three cowgirls going to Dallas. And it was just this funny like, oh, all three cowgirls are heading to Dallas to do something. Yee! But it's a really neat game. I think it came out in 2017. It's pretty new, but it's like old enough now and I hadn't played it. I haven't really heard a lot about it, but I definitely think it's one that's worth checking out if you like cooperative games and you enjoy that real time. It gives you the real customer service experience. Where if somebody waits too long, they get upset. They get upset and then you have negative points. And like as you're playing this game, the customers or the flyers or whatever travelers you have waiting in different airports, for every round they wait in an airport, they get a, a red cube. They get four red cubes. They're pissed off and they complain to your manager and they're out. You get four of those and, or you get three of those and you are done with the game. And that's not just Haley gets three, Delton gets three. That is Brian, Delton, and Haley combined. If we have three customers who are mad at us, the game is over. And so you're trying to complete all these duties. And you're like, if you can just wait a hot second and not get another cube, but they're like, nah, fam, you left me in Denver another day. And this isn't okay. They get another cube, which is understandable that they're angry. But it just felt like the customer service experience. It really did. The one weird thing, and Brian commented on this in the game, is if a customer's angry, if you put them on a plane by picking them up, they stop being angry. Now, thematically, that makes sense. They're getting to go to their destination. What doesn't, like, the one thing that kind of has a bit of a disconnect, but it doesn't take away from the game, I don't think, is if you pick someone up at LAX and they're going to Miami. You drop them off at Dallas. They're sitting in Dallas for two turns, getting two cubes, starting to get angry. They're then picked up and transferred to Chicago O'Hare. They sit at O'Hare for two turns, now getting two fresh cubes to start getting angry. Somebody else picks them up, takes them over to New York, and drops them off. Now they're sitting in New York. They gain three cubes, almost enough to complain, but then somebody picks them up. That person takes them back to Dallas and drops them off. Now they sit there fresh, and they start to get angry the longer they sit. So it's kind of like... A horrible flight scheduling service? Again, it's another real-time, real-life scenario. It's traveling during the government shutdown. Yeah, just going all over the place, stuck in airports. Basically, it's like a loop. You're like, I left Miami at 6 o'clock this morning, and somehow I ended back up at Miami at 6 this evening. I don't know what's going on, but the customers are fine with it. So you kind of have to utilize that in the game is, this doesn't make a lot of sense why I would move this person from O'Hare to Denver but I'm going to do it to keep them happy enough that they're going somewhere, even though it's another layover. But it works, and it it kind of allows you to plan. I think that's the benefit of it is if you're like, okay, I'm at O'Hare, this person's getting angry, I'm going to take them to Denver and drop them, then you can take them on your trip uh, like back down to Miami or something. It helps you plan. It helps you see these people in different cities where someone else can grab them on their trip. So I think it's helpful. I don't think it really takes that much away at all. No, I don't either. But yeah, now boarding's a really fun game. I don't really know that I have too much more to talk about it. We've hit pretty much all the points, I think. I just really, really like the graphic design. I feel like, yeah, Ryan Goldsberry, the illustrator, and he does 
I think he's done all of the the Tim Fowers games. Check out Now Boarding. It's a really neat game. Uh, just like most of Fowers games, it's everything's packed into a box that's almost too small. It's just big enough to hold everything. This one has the most air I've ever seen in a Fowers game, and that's not a lot of air compared to every other company. So that's a good thing. That's saving space for your for your shelves. Just like American Airlines does with its passengers. <laughs> just crams everything in. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay, you just, you just sat there and stared at me, and I was like, wait, is, did, I get the, <laughs> did I get the joke? You did. I wasn't squinting at you, so you were right. Oh. If you're incorrect, I go. Well, that time you're looking up. That was a different look. I'm so confused. <laughs> I'm so confused, but it's okay. It's the 10% beer you're drinking. It's the 10% beer we're drinking. Yes, that's exactly it. So now boarding has the awesomeness, like we talked about, of real time to where everyone's acting at the same time simultaneously. That is an element that we've found that we really do enjoy in games. Hey, what can I get you? I'd like a topic. Any special way? Make it a top shelf topic. Coming up. Enjoy. Well, we rode the struggle bus for about the last two minutes there. That was cut out, though. <laughs> we did. We were finishing that beer from Anthem, the Pappy Burleson. It's too sweet for my taste. Another old man thing coming on. I feel like we're getting heartburn. <laughs> That's exactly it. But uh, it was a little hard to finish. It was hard when you got down to the last of that beer to put it down. That's what she said. You stop. A little hard it, to finish. It was tough. Uh, but we're going to the next beer, which is lighter. We planned it that way. That way it's a little easier on us and we can finish out this evening softly. This is War Plan Orange. It is a Belgian-style ale brewed with sweet orange peel and coriander. Basically, it's any basic Belgian beer. Orange peel and coriander is like a staple in Belgian ales. Shot top. If you go for the cheaper version, or the what I call the gas station version, that's going to be shock top and blue moon. However, I don't think either of those have a good enough flavor at all. So this hopefully will be similar. This is from Crossed Cannons Brewery. My first experience with like the college experience was going into Walmart in Stillwater when I was 18 and seeing that the fruit section in Walmart, so not like fruit was paired with this, but like this was in the fruit and vegetable section with the oranges every single time I went for four years, Shock Top was stashed with the oranges. That's because everyone puts an orange in Shock Top. But that's the thing. The Shock Top is in the fruit and vegetable section. Yeah. Like that's when I knew that, oh, College is different. College is a very different experience. And that was just a Walmart near the college, man. Let's crack the beer and get it poured. And can't get the tab. Oh, I got it. I got it. You need my muscles? It smells like a Belgian beer with some orange and some coriander. That looks a lot more pleasant. <laughs> it looks like just a normal light beer. Let's give this a shot. Smells like shop top. Doesn't taste that much different than all the gas station ones it is classy shock top it's a classier shock top but it's still not a really high-end one i i don't know i don't when's the last time you had shock top don't you try to justify shock top being classy no no get out of here no i'm not i'm saying that this is a lot better than shock top yes it tastes yes, like it, it is better it's a lot better because i had shock top at one of the like 35 <laughs> bachelorette parties that i went to this summer yep because all my friends got married because we're 27 and this tastes like shock top but it's like shock top's older brother that actually got into college it's better for sure it's a nice mouth feel it's nice and light it's nothing crazy 
It's a good flavor, but it's not anything special. I actually really like it. Well, there's an opinion. I really taste the coriander. I think the coriander stands out more than the orange peel. But there definitely is that orange peel flavor. I mean, you can taste it. But I feel like the coriander kind of comes out on top. But it's a good beer. Nothing crazy. Not bad. It doesn't taste like high C like that last no. Belgian style we had. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That one was... That was whew. like the high... Like you took Keystone Light and mixed it with high C and you had that beer. That sounds so gross. <laughs> it sounds so accurate. It does sound accurate. So the topic today, we wanted to talk about real-time games. Real-time games, such as Now Boarding, that has that real-time element, have this very, very fun and sort of exciting amount of stress and anxiety that comes along with them. Sometimes it's a little much to handle, even though being stressed out and anxious at a game is, you know, exhausting and not the most pleasant experience. It happens with real-time games, and something about that, though, makes them fun. I don't know why, but anytime we break out Escape Curse of the Temple, it's just the most anxiety-provoking game for me and stressful as can be. You play that soundtrack, you let it go, you hear the doom, and then the music starts, and you're trying to rush back to the Escape. center room. It's such a good game. It's so fun. It's so simple. Anybody can learn it super fast. But man, does that thing got just my stress level goes up, my anxiety goes up during it for some reason. I can feel it. Like you get hyper focused because of the music, it will increase in speed as your time is running out. And so it just really heightens your sensitivity to what's going on. It heightens your awareness. It makes you actually scared. You can be locked in that temple and die, just like that one guy in Indiana Jones who tried to leave Indiana Jones behind and again is poked with this stick that came out of the ground, and it's a mess. But that real-time element has this stress behind it, and that's one of those games that we love that has that. And what is it exactly of having to do something in live time that is so stressful? Like, why is that, do you think? Well, because you really can't plan. You're just thinking on your feet the whole time. So a lot of board games, you're having to plan, like Ticket to Ride. That's one of my favorite games. I love it. As you're waiting for everyone else to take your turn, you see what cards you have in your hand, you see what routes you need to take, and you start to plan out what your next thing is going to be. When those real-time games, you especially like Escape, you don't have time to plan. You're just thrown in, everybody knows the rules, and it's the luck of the die, and you have to make your next move based on a split second. You don't get to plan, you don't get to think ahead, because it's all based on luck, and your strategy is based on the environment around you. So if you could go into a room and escape, and it could be a room full of treasure, and you roll, and you get some awesome treasure, and you can leave. Or you can go into a room, and there's booby traps. Or you can go into a room, and you roll all black die, and you're stuck there, and you have to wait for someone else to come rescue you, and they're on the other side. So you're waiting on others to make split decisions to get over to you to let, set you free. And all of this happens within 10 minutes, and it's terrifying, and it's fantastic. It really is terrifying, but it's just so much fun. Those That real strategy thing, and I guess that is it. It's thinking on your feet. It's something that I am very bad at. I'm pretty poor at thinking on my feet and being very quick to react. I'm not a reactionary person for the most part in those games. You're just a really like thoughtful decision maker. Even though those decisions are usually crap. Well, here's, here's the thing. like <laughs> Our toilet broke this summer, and we had to go get new toilets. Woo! Well, I guess that was last summer. Man, that was a while ago. But Delton spent all day long at work researching toilets, narrowed it down to three, he told me to pick one. I picked one. We spent the next hour at Home Depot trying to decide or waiting on Delton to decide which toilet he wanted because I just didn't give 
Hey, crap. But Delton's a really thoughtful decision maker, and that helps him. It helps him to make well-rounded, smart decisions. But in games like Escape, it kind of paralyzes you. It does a little bit, because I'm struggling to roll those dice quickly and figure out which direction to go and when I need to do something and when I need to help. Or It's hard. It's hard to make those decisions. Another game that has a real-time element that we've played with some friends before that's super fun is Shifty-Eyed Spies, where you're trying to wink at people and also trying to notice people's winks. And that sounds weird because it does feel a little weird in the process. It's That's another game that my anxiety just goes up. But I'm going to consider that a real-time game because everyone is acting simultaneously. Essentially, you're having a conversation and you're trying to wink at your target without being caught by anybody else and you want your target to notice your wink. Then that target, if they receive your wink, they have to, with their eyes or like head nod altogether, direct you to one of four places on the table. While not getting caught by the other players. While not getting caught directing you. And there's a little, there's only one piece that's almost not real time, but it is, that moves around the table player to player in a clockwise fashion. And if you get it, if you cannot say that you and your target completed your mission of meeting up through the wink and you meeting them at the location that they gesture to you with their eyes, if you can't, you say nope and you pass the little piece over to the next player. And you can take a second, you can take for a long time, you can do it quickly, kind of whatever, but it's supposed to be pretty quickly. But you're all acting simultaneously and fast. And it's not actually timed. So in now boarding, you have a timer in a, that game Kitchen Rush, if you've seen it, where you're a chef and you flip your timer because you're making food. Somebody goes to the grocery store and flips a timer because that person's going to the grocery store. Like the workers in that game, your pawns are sand timers. It's different in Shifty Eyed Spies, but it still has that feeling of all right, how do I do this? I have to be quick. Ooh, I have a spot. Do I have enough opportunity? And it's these split-second decisions that are really hard to make where you're looking at someone, you're talking, you glance over and you try to wink as fast as possible and let them catch it. Ooh, that was a really good wink. And I hope that they catch it. That I'm, was really I'm, sly. I'm pretty good at these. And hope nobody else sees it. And then when they do that, you've got to use your eyes to direct them to the location and it's really difficult. Delton is directing me to the Let's Do It Home Depot bucket. <laughs> I forgot. You said the let's do it, and I was like, this is going weird places, and you said Home Depot bucket, and it made me realize that bucket's right there by me. <gasps> Another that's what she said. Uh, yay. yay. Galaxy Trucker <laughs> is another game with a real-time element. If you've ever played Galaxy Trucker, if you haven't and you want to try it, the app is actually really good and really fun, but essentially you're building a ship, there's a bunch of face-down pieces, and you flip a timer. And you pick up a piece one at a time. And if you put it on your ship, then it's officially built into your ship. And there's three different connections and all that kind of stuff. And it's all real time. And then when that timer runs out, whoever catches it flips it to the next one. So there's also the element of if you don't look at the timer, you, <laughs> your blinking's terrible. Oh, my God. You look like one of those dolls that the eyes open when you lift it up out of the laying down position, but one eye stuck. That's how that looks. And it's fluttering because the kid's shaking it to try to get the eye to open. There you go. <laughs> but Galaxy Trucker has this element of real time in the shipbuilding phase. And if you flip that timer, it gets more and more stressful every time it flips. Because I think it starts, flips once, and flips again. But only if someone notices it, does it run out. So if you can distract people as well, you can keep the time going for yourself if you're still building. And it, it is. It's stressful, but it's fun. You're laughing, having a great time. But then the whole time you're like, all right, I got to finish. Oh, no, I can't get the piece I want. Where's the piece I want? Oh, my gosh. That element in these real-time games, that element of stress, it's just fun. 
And I think that's the thing is, yes, it's stressful. Yes, it's anxiety provoking. But in the end, every time I play a game with a real-time element, I think to myself, that was fun. The stress of that game was fun. And I'm sweaty because that was stressful. Yes, and then my palms are sweaty just because that's what I do. You know, like a little bit of stress, like psychologically speaking, a little bit of stress is motivating. A little bit of anxiety is motivating. It motivates you. That 10 minutes of a little increase in anxiety is motivating to finish your goal. Now, if that stress and anxiety is long-term, it becomes overwhelming and it can be debilitating or even depression-inducing. But in the case of these little board games, it's not. It's a little bit of anxiety. induces just enough anxiety, just enough stress to motivate you to complete your goal in a timely manner. And I think a game could accomplish that with just a timer. I mean, really, just adding oh, yeah. a timer does it, but... But the Escapes music, man. <laughs> escapes music, yes, but... It has, like, it, the thumb. That element, though, of everyone going, working together at the same time, which even if, if a game did add a timer, it's likely not to make one person hurry up. It's likely because there's a timer for everyone to do everything in. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it usually the games that use timers are a real-time game. And I think that just that element of I have to finish this in a time space and I have to do it quickly and we have to work together to make it work or something. There's something about that that, yeah, it does. It kind of motivates you to do your best, even though you're thinking on the spot. I never thought about that, but it is like a like a weird motivation comes out. Right. And you can't procrastinate it either. No, that's what I like. I mean, that's what I like to do is procrastinate, but I can't. You're very good at it. Yeah, I think that's what makes these games so high energy and fun. And that's why you can play, like, Escape eight or nine times in a row, even though it's a 10-minute game. You can play it over and over and over and over and over again because it has that little burst of anxiety and that satisfaction whenever you make it out alive with all your jewels. Or you die and get locked in and everyone loses. And then you just throw the jewels across the room and Delta goes, No, my game pieces! And the cats start to chase them and you're like, Ah! Is that accurate? That is extremely accurate. Yes. Let's get off of this topic and move on to the question of the episode so we can get this wrapped up. And now, join us for a Malthouse Games podcast special bite-sized question. Since I have taken over this podcast, held the mutiny, had a coup, I guess I will introduce the question of the episode, which is, what is a ridiculous thing that makes you nervous and or anxious and or stressed? Go first. So... I get really stressed when I don't have something to do. I hate just not having anything to do. I hate not having anything to work toward. I hate not having anything on my agenda. I hate not having anything to focus on. I hate just having idle time with no expectations or no, like, to-do list. I will create one in order to make myself feel better. It makes me feel anxious and stressed. I don't know if it's like the feeling that I'm forgetting something, which I know I'm not. If it's like having gone through so many years of school and like always having something due and not now having that now. But if I have something, if I have a time like a week where I don't have anything due or have anything significant, that's when I find myself like, well, I'm going to create something to do because idle hands do the devil's work. So says Bernice Wilcox, which is my crazy grandma. That is a ridiculous thing, but I can confirm that Haley will throw a fit if she has nothing going on. It'll be like a lazy Sunday and I just want to sit and watch some TV with her and like snuggle up on the couch. And yes, I add an H in snuggle and snuggle. snuggle up on the couch. And she's just like, I can't. I'm getting antsy. I got to do something. I got to move. I got to figure out where to go. And so she basically has to do literally anything to occupy her mind, which means 
I don't like watching movies with her because she doesn't like to sit and just watch the movie. She wants to do something else with the movie in the background, which drives me nuts because I want to appreciate the art of the movie. So there, you know, it's weird. Here's the thing. I will fold laundry while we watch movies. I love folding all the big ass piles of laundry we have on our couch while we watch movies, but Delton cannot handle it. I can't. Maybe that should be mine is just that stresses me out that you won't watch the dang movie (laughs) while we're trying to watch it. But really, what is yours? So, so my ridiculous thing that stresses me out way too much, and you do it to me all the time, except we talked about it and you stopped, is when someone pretends to throw things at me or to me. And it's that like, you know, I'm going to throw it at you. I'm going to throw it at you. And I'm going to hit you with it. And they keep making the motion. It, I, I get visibly and like physically angry because it, it just makes me anxious and I can't stand it. I don't know why. I don't know what it is about it, but it's seriously like I am the worst person at flinching. That whole like, oh, you flinched. Oh, you got to hit you on your arm, dude. Well, hell yeah, you flinch. It's an evolutionarily controlled <laughs> thing. Like if you didn't flinch, you would probably die. Your ancestors That's would true. all be dead. That's true. But I really hate, I hate it when people pretend to throw things at you or to you and you keep expecting it, especially if it's at you because it's even, it's even worse because you're expecting to be hit with something. And I just hate it. Hey, Delton, think fast. It drives me nuts. Luckily, she did not actually try to throw her beer glass in her hand. Well, it's so bad that earlier I was swinging a bag of cat food. And Delton's like, you're going to throw it at me. And I was just swinging it. I was considering. She was it swinging him. it very close to me as if she was going to toss it underhanded at my head. And it, I, it I was stressed just me out. It. She was just swinging it, she says. Wouldn't actually hit you. I don't believe that for a second. It's not a lot of cat food in that bag. <laughs> not anymore. I think that happily wraps up the last of this episode. Hopefully we have stayed on track and not rambled too long at any one point. This was a wonky ass episode. It was a weird episode for us, but I feel like it's been a long time since we recorded just because of how life has been stressful. Speaking of stress, which we've talked about. So uh, we're getting back into it. We're trying to get into the groove and find our groove with... uh, Recording and editing again. Just like Emperor Cusco found his groove. Okay. His new groove. (laughs) We're getting into it. But before we completely wrap it up, thank you to Alan and Allison, our two amazing Patreon backers that get shout outs on the podcast because they are amazing Patreon backers. If you want to be like them, go to patreon.com slash Malthouse Games. Since that part's done, if you want to find us on social media, at Malthouse Games on all social media. I am at Delton Brack, D-E-L-T-O-N-B-R-A-C-K. Haley is at Squirrely Geek. S-Q-U-I-R-R-E-L-Y-G-E-E-K. Squirrely Geek. If there's a topic you want us to cover, or a game you want us to talk about, or a question you'd like us to answer, please email us at contact at malthousegames.com. Or you can tweet at us or send us a message on Twitter or something like that. We're most active on Twitter, trying to get back into it to be more and more active because we fell off for a little bit due to life, and we're getting back into that. Also, if you have any beer recommendations, we're always looking for new things to try, and we can't get everything here in Oklahoma, but if there's something that tickles your fancy and think you would likewise tickle ours, let us know. That's a good one, yeah, because I like to focus on local beers, but I in no way would refuse to do another beer especially if it's a craft brewery from somewhere and it's not owned by AB Bev or the Coors Company, whoever owns Coors. Coors. It's probably Coors. Yeah, it's probably the name of their huge company. Because we went there in Golden, Colorado. 
We didn't take a tour because it was a three-hour wait. A three-hour tour. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope to see you next time. Haley tried this outro, and I have rejected every shot because she got literally everything wrong every time. I tried so, so hard. <laughs> until next time, sit back, relax, grab a drink, and play some games. We will see you folks later. Toodaloo. Bye.